Well, petrochemicals giant Sassol saw headline earnings fall 17% for the year to June off the back of weaker oil prices. The company relies on oil for 40% of its revenue. David Constable is Sassol's CEO and joins us now. David, thanks for your time today. What is Sassol's view on where oil prices are going? And on that basis, what must it do to survive? Thanks, Hannah. Good to talk to you. Uh, oil prices obviously are volatile, as we all know, uh, since uh, really last year. Very high U.S. shale oil production coupled with uh, high Russian oil production and then the big decision by OPEC in November to uh, to not cut back output and actually chase market share and, and produce over their quotas. And that's obviously had a, an impact on our, our performance in FY15. Mm-hmm. We expect uh, oil prices in the $50 to $60 per barrel range uh, through this financial year and uh, and probably into calendar year 17. However, we do we do see oil prices um, uh, moving up uh, later in, later in 2017 uh, into the 70 to 80 dollar per barrel range. And what's the most significant impact that the low oil price environment has had on your operations and sort of forced um, perhaps some re-strategizing? Well, exactly. It's uh, it's uh, when OPEC took that decision and uh, and we saw the the prices going down dramatically. We, we had to take action, and we immediately put in place a, a low oil price uh, uh, response plan uh, in January of this year. And that, uh, that response plan um, targets uh, cash conservation, so holding cash over the next, uh, from January, so 30 months from January, a target range of 30 to 50 billion rand that we'll be uh, conserving. And we've had good uh, good results so far. So the second half of our financial year, which is January to June of, of this uh, calendar year, we were able to uh, conserve 8.9 billion rand, which is above our our internal target. So we're we're making good headway there, and we'll continue to uh, to do so. And what that means is we're, we're a lot of it is cutting back on on capital expenditures. So we're mm. we've just got a couple projects. One in North America, we're continuing, which is a big uh, ethane cracker chemical complex. Mm. And we continue to uh, to go after upstream uh, oil and gas reserves in Mozambique uh, for feedstocks, which we obviously need to continue running the company. So those are the two places where we won't cut back. But what that uh, cash conservation has allowed us to do is continue to pay a, a strong dividend through challenging times. Our, our, our total dividend uh, for the year was uh, 18 rand 50 for FY15. And uh, and keep our gearing in a reasonable range. We're, right now, we're actually ungeared. We're negative 2.8 percent ungeared. But uh, but going forward, uh, as we spend capex in in Louisiana and Mozambique, uh, those gearings will go up to I think this year 15 to 30 percent. Are there circumstances under which you would pull the plug on those projects in Louisiana and Mozambique? No, I, th- I think uh, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, I, I think you'd probably have to uh, <laughs> see oil prices down in the teens or something that for us to to have that type of. Uh, uh, Situation. So no, we're uh, again because of this cash conservation program uh, through the response plan. We're we're, we're confident that we can uh, continue to spend on both projects and and get through the uh, the challenging times. Uh, the cracker will be built by 2018. We've already actually contracted of the 8.9 billion spend over there. We've already contracted 4.9 billion. So it gives you a good indication of we we really came out of the gates quickly uh, with the FID only being last October. And with that $8.9 billion investment in Louisiana, as well as the rapid growth of shale gas production in the U.S., is there a suggestion that Sassel's long-term future lies in North America? 
No, no well, it, it is going to be a key hub for us. We've got a dual regional strategy right now of growth, and it's uh, primarily southern Africa, both South Africa and Mozambique, and North America. Those are the two places we're focusing on. We all, all also have a, a large hub up in Europe uh, of chemicals facilities, but it's a two-pronged approach, and uh, we're not going anywhere. South Africa will continue to see a lot of CapEx spend. Uh, it was 20 billion rand this year and another 30 billion rand in, in operating expenditure. So we spent about 50 billion rand here in the country. Still the largest, or the, one of the largest taxpayers here in South Africa, 34.7 billion rand this, uh, this year. So no, uh, and we're building our global headquarters uh, down in, uh, in Santon on Catherine Street to house over 3,000 people. So we're not going anywhere and uh, we will continue to, uh, to invest here. I think the biggest thing going forward here in South Africa is our potential to, uh, to contribute to the electricity supply situation and uh, look at uh, bringing uh, LNG, uh, uh, landed LNG uh, imports and uh, regasification running in through uh, big gas, gas to power plants. So we're participating in the request for information that the Department of Energy sent out and then hopefully uh, get our proposals in the middle of next year. Staying with South Africa, Cecil has had to cut a significant number of jobs over the past year, many of those being voluntary. How many more jobs uh, will be lost going into this new year? Yeah, this past year, uh, uh, as you say, these are all voluntary, uh, voluntary retrenchments and voluntary early retirements. So that's the first point I'd like to make: is that uh, the package were uh, were extremely they were extremely fair and uh, and have allowed. Uh, there's a lot of good news stories out there. Allowed other uh, some of our colleagues to uh, go out and start new businesses and uh, and take on new opportunities. So uh, there's, uh, there's a silver lining there. But uh, this year there was about 2,500 people who took uh, VRs and VERs. Over the over the life of the, the business performance enhancement program, uh, it's been about uh, 2,800, and uh, by the time it's concluded, we've got a few more to go here in uh, through October. Be about 3,000 people impacted with VRs and VERs. Uh, so that's where we're at. David, next year, May, you will be stepping down as CEO of Sassel after roughly five years in the position, staying on in an advisory role for a year after that, having brought about so much change in the organization uh, in your time there and also driven the launch of these mega projects we've discussed in Louisiana, in Mozambique. Investors might have hoped that you would stay to see some of these through. Why the decision to not renew your contract uh, next year? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great uh, great experience, and I'm very proud of the entire organization. Couldn't be prouder of, of what we've achieved. Like you say, we've made a lot of change for the better, streamlined the company. It's fit for the future. It's going to be extremely profitable in the long term. It's going to be, you know, I think for the, the second half of this decade, it's going to be uh, just a great ride for Sassel. As the oil price improves and chemical margins firm up and volumes come on uh, from Louisiana and out of Mozambique, it's, it's going to be exciting times for, for the company. As we uh, as we go forward, so I think we've made great uh, great strides in the past uh, four and a half years, and I'm looking forward to uh, finishing up FY16 on a high note and go into that advisory role, uh, which will primarily uh, support the board uh, with the capital projects in in uh, in Louisiana, in Mozambique, uh, having a background in engineering construction. I want to bring that to the to the party and uh, make sure those that cracker specifically is uh, is up and running uh, properly. So that's that's where we're at, and uh, yeah, time to move on and and uh, take a look at new things. But uh, really enjoyed my time here in South Africa. Any indication of when we may um, expect to hear about your successor, um, and do you believe that that candidate will be internal or external? Right now, the the board is uh, uh, through the chairman and the nomination and governance committee is running that process, and uh, it's ongoing. It's uh, 
it's looking at uh, both internal candidates and external candidates, both uh, here from South Africa and abroad. And uh, more more news to come on that uh, in uh, I'd say in the in, uh, in the near term, either late uh, later this calendar year or or early into 2016. You have touched on some of this already, but what do you think should be the priorities for the new CEO? Mm. Yeah, the, we, as you mentioned, we've we've gone through a lot of change, mm. uh, extreme change uh, at the company, uh, changing the operating model, changing the structures. Uh, the numbers of companies that we have remaining, uh, and uh, the functions as well. So uh, I think um, for the new uh, for the new individual, he or she uh, should be looking at uh, continuing to embed the changes that we've gone through, and uh, and continue implementing along with the group executive committee uh, what we've what we've put in place, because we do uh, we do have a good near to uh, medium term strategy set up for. Uh, through the end of this decade, through 2020, and also a longer-term strategy set up uh, uh, right up through 2030 and beyond, with our with our plans to uh, to keep our plants running off uh, safely and efficiently uh, through 2050 here in South Africa. So I would say uh, uh, stay the course, but also bring new ideas and uh, and improvements and and uh, and some change as required uh, based on what they see when they get here. You mentioned the safe and efficient functioning of your plants. A report out earlier today from the Centre for Environmental Rights alleges that certain material breaches by Sassel of environmental legislation in South Africa between 2008 and 2014 were not reported in either its annual or sustainability reports. Um, of course, I'm sure we could have a whole argument about that. But when a breach is detected by Sassel um, at one of your plants, how long does it generally take for you to correct that breach and comply? And then are these breaches and their corrections fully disclosed to your shareholders? No, we run our plants in full compliance with all uh, regulations and codes, obviously, and we actually participate in uh, in supporting the up- updating of, of codes and standards and, and regulations on an ongoing basis. So all of our plants are in full compliance, uh, including with the new um, uh, emission standards and uh, for existing plants, which came into place uh, into play April 1st of 2015, and then uh, all of our existing plants need to be uh, running on new plant standards by 2020. So uh, we're uh, we work hard on that. We've got environmental roadmaps that uh, that we have in place, and uh, if there is a leak or a, or an equipment failure, uh, obviously you know about that immediately in the control room, and you take action uh, either by shutting down or or containing uh, uh, that part of the facility and 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 getting it fixed uh, right away. And of course, we we uh, are in close contact with all the uh, government authorities and make them aware of it, as we do uh, to our shareholders through our uh, annual reports and statements. So uh, I don't have the details of what you're talking about, but uh, I can I can assure you that uh, we are operating within the the rules of uh, of the laws and, and regulations. Good to know, David. As an outsider who has now worked in South Africa uh, for a major South African company for five years, you said you know, you've had a very good time here. Uh, we do have our challenges, of course. What is the one thing you think that if government could get right would make the biggest difference to doing business here? Well, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of challenges. The one thing, um, I, I don't think I could name one thing. I think... Um, um, you know, having business and government uh, getting on the same page with uh, and aligned uh, with what needs to be done in the economy is obviously critically important. And mm. we need to continue to 
open up those lines of communication further and and uh, really you know get uh, get aligned on on what needs to be done. Certainly, infrastructure comes to mind, and uh, and better education and. Uh, and obviously, power generation. Uh, obviously, we can we can help on the on the power generation side dramatically, and and that's where we're focusing to support the war room right now, and and get us in a better place uh, from that perspective. And and just uh, just an I guess overall, uh, one thing would be to provide certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many changes, uh, ongoing changes, and and uh, whether it's people changing out their roles in government or or new regulations uh, coming down the path. Uh, as goalposts change, it's very it's very challenging for someone to come in from the outside and make a uh, an investment decision in the country. Uh, so uh, I like to talk about uh, rolling out the red carpet versus the red tape uh, for for business and, and let us uh, you know work hard and and and, and uh, create jobs in a in an open uh, business uh, conducive environment. David Constable is the Chief Executive Officer of Cecil.